Sergeant R.J. Anderson was devastated after learning he would never walk again. My world turned upside down. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. PVA offers amazing support and opportunities. To learn more, visit pva.org, a public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. And now, Paris, are you ready? I said, Olympia, are you prepared for what you're about to experience? Because, ladies and gentlemen, this woman that we're about to bring to the stage has waited a long time to be here, right here, right now. But she's back and stronger than ever and ready to give the people what they want. Do y'all know who I'm talking about? I said, do y'all know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about this.
Yeah, I've had, I got a lot of people out there waiting for me, so it's a, um, it was very cool. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So to have, you know, first chance to ever do that was, was uh, very special. So I felt it in pregame warm-up, and I uh, carried right to the last play of the game. So it was pretty, pretty great. I mean, they got a great organization they always have, and, um, you know, they inspired a lot of kids here in the Bay Area, you know, in my time growing up, and I was one of them. So to see Tom Rathman for the game, I mean, I idolized him. And, uh, you know, Dwight Clark and Joe Montana and to see Steve Young at halftime, and it's a pretty, pretty great day for me. Rest in peace, Sharon Jones. Gone too soon at the age of 60. That is Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, the sweet soul voice. Man, could she, could she bring it? Unreal. I love that. I love, 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 love those horns. Love it, love it, love it. She passed away Friday. I was shocked to hear the news. I saw it Friday night after our show. Came across the, uh, the Twitter waves. and Sad news, man. What, what the heck is up with 2016 and musicians? I know. How many how many Prince. great musicians have we lost now? It's, it, we're going on it. Sharon Jones and Leonard Cohen in one week. Prince. Prince, that's three. That's at David least three. Bowie. Four. God. There's been more. I can't think of off the top of my head. It's uh, like, let this year just end for the music world, please. Enough is enough. But I had the pleasure of seeing her at the uh, the suggestion of a good friend, Mike Wyman, up in Montreal. He told me to see her when she was in Boston uh, about 10 years ago. And this story, we'll, we'll, we'll get into our show in a second, but you know I love my music, and I, I think the listeners will appreciate it. It's pretty cool. And for anyone out there, and this is for, you know, whether you're a young person, uh, your age, Sully, uh, coming out of, uh, I almost called you Scully. I was hanging with my buddy <laughs> Scully last night. Scully, Sully. I'll get it straight. Uh, Sully, whether you're someone your age or you're someone later on or someone even my age and, you know, hasn't, hasn't reached the pinnacle of their dream yet or wants to follow their dream, it's never too late. And she's a perfect example. She was a prison guard for 20 years until age 40. And she was playing at a, a local show and she was singing and somebody important heard her voice and said, you, you could be a musician. You should, you should do something with this. And she started. She met the Dap Kings. She went out on tour and the rest is history. But 20 years later, she, uh, she passes away from pancreatic cancer. So rest in peace to Sharon Jones. We'll have a little more of her and the Dap Kings as the show goes on here. Uh, but, yeah, that music gets you going. Oh, yeah. I am under the weather today, but that, that picked me up right you there. You picked me up right there. That and the, uh, the wonderful hot and sour soup I'm having right now from the giant Siam down the street here on Main Street. Good stuff. Suggest you check it out. Anyhow, great show in store. As always, it's a Monday, a Patriots Monday, and uh, the Patriots bounce back. In grand fashion, as they usually do, 
taking care of the San Francisco 49ers yesterday out in San Fran, and we'll have plenty of coverage of that. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to talk a little college football in the next segment as your UNH Wildcats are headed to the NCAA playoffs for the 13th straight season. And uh, Coach Sean McDonald continues to do a brilliant job over there. Continues his run. They beat Maine for the musket uh, 24-21. And then, as Tom King said in the crossover there, they had to sit around and wait on Selection Sunday. And their name was called, and they will host Lehigh at Wildcat Stadium on the campus of University of New Hampshire on Saturday at 2 p.m. Tickets still available for that. Go check it out. Should be some great college football. I will be there. You're going to go, eh? I will be there. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice, my friend. Good. Well, then we can uh, get a firsthand account oh, absolutely. next Monday. Yep. So they'll host Lehigh in the first round of the NCAA playoffs there. Uh, and we'll have Coach McDonald on to talk about that in the next segment. We'll also recap championship weekend in New Hampshire high school football. Congratulations to all the champions. Uh, Bedford, of course, going wire to wire. Pulling it out there in the uh, in the final, and on to talk about that will be Dave Haley of New Hampshire Sports Page, and uh, again a, uh, a congratulations to our own Pete Terrier for the marathon job Unreal. he did. Unreal. And you said he was in fine he condition. Was, he was fine His voice was fine. He, he, I mean, a little you know groggy, but he was a lot better than I. Maybe thought he took been. my advice and had some hot toddies yeah, after. <laughs> like I thought he would have been just out. Like, I could use one right now. Meeting, you know? Yeah, little honey, you know, little tea. Twelve hours. That's what you got to do. Twelve, uh, twelve hours. Like that's ridiculous. That's what we got to do. <laughs> that's you know? ridiculous. Yeah, he was. That's passion. He was in good spirits today. Yep. So I'm, Everything went man well. Lo- man loves his job. God bless him. And good job, Pete Terrier of uh, ESPN New Hampshire, New Hampshire Sports Page. And, of course, thanks to Pete as well for setting up what was a great time over at Boston Billiards Club and Casino. Sully, good job by you Sounded working good. the boards. We missed you over there. It was, yeah. uh, it was fun. Bob Barris and I, thanks to Bob Barris for coming down in person. Uh, thanks to the staff over there at Boston Billiards Club and Casino. They were, uh, they were wonderful. They made sure I had a gluten-free meal. Yep. Uh, nice complimentary adult beverages as well. And I I ran into Bob Boyle of MSK Liquors and uh, Jeremy of Coors Light and hung out with Jeremy for a while after. So uh, good times, man. Good times in the yeah. uh, city of Nashua for Murph on that's Friday. Right. That's, that's one of our spots. It's yeah. Definitely, definitely up there as places to watch a game. If you're Patriots game, yep. that's, that's usually where we end up. Yeah. If we're going to watch a game anywhere. They had the... Uh, that's a highlight I should have had you get. Maybe we'll get that in one of the breaks. They had the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. Who they play Friday? Yeah, double check. But did you see what happened with Matt Calvert? Oh yeah, he took a, yeah took a shot to the head. Yeah. That's a hockey player. Yeah, like, Are you kidding that's me? Hockey in a nutshell. Yeah, I think it was twenty six stitches. Is that what the thirty six stitches? Thirty six stitches comes back. Goes in, comes back, <laughs> and winner. scores the game winner in overtime. You be for the Blue Jackets, I believe they played the Rangers. If I'm not mistaken, let me yeah, uh, we'll let me double we're, check we're that. We'll find that. We have to grab that absolutely. Yes, it, it was the Rangers on Friday, and they went on to actually win in Washington yesterday too. They uh, did. Sneaky I know good. they got, I know they got smoked here in Boston. Sneaky good. But remember, they're coming off the tail end of a back to back. It was just one of those nights. Didn't but have it, a good showing. But watch out for good. that man. Yeah. Watch out for that team, the Blue Jackets, best power play in hockey. And like I said, probably one of the the toughest guys in hockey there. I love uh, Patrice Bergeron in the 2013 Stanley Cup Finals. Matt Culvert comes back after 36 stitches to the head and scores a game winner for the Blue Jackets. So we were watching that over there, and we had a lot of hockey on on Friday. Yeah. Uh, 
Good weekend. The Bruins, uh, I, I thought for sure. I mean, it would be that typical. You're fresh off a road trip, a successful road trip. Yeah. I wouldn't have been mad at them if they laid an egg laid an on egg. Saturday. Yes. It's just it's, it's common that it happens when you return from a road trip. You're playing an upstart Winnipeg Jets team. Had lost a couple in a row. Was looking for a win. They're going to be desperate. You got Patrick Lane, the uh, clear-cut oh, yeah. leader right now for the Calder Trophy Rookie of the Year, and and maybe even MVP the way playing he's playing. Out of his mind. Yeah, he's yeah. looking like Timo Solani when he joined the Jets <laughs> yeah. as a rookie way back when. Uh, he could get those fifty goals that Solani got. We shall see. Actually, did Solani? He got seventy-six goals his rookie season. I'm pretty sure. Check that stat there. But another Finn, Patrick Lane. I. Highly suggest you check him out. Look up some highlights. He's one of the best players, but the yep. Bruins shut him down. 76 goals. 76 yeah. goals in his rookie one. season with the Winnipeg Jets, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that is unreal. What was Ridiculous. that? Uh, what year? 92-93? Uh, See how good I am here. Hmm. No. No. 89. Okay. 89. 88-89? Yes. 88, All right. 89, yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. In their first stint. <laughs> that was before they moved to Atlanta and then came back. That was before they uh, – oh, actually, no, they moved to Arizona, and then they came. No, nope, you're right. No, you got it. Never mind. It was 92-93. I remember, yeah. Yeah. Because they, was, they had the little uh, yeah. NHL, like, anniversary things on yeah, the jersey. Yeah, yeah. I remember that year because I just remember seeing that in the highlights. There we go. Yeah. Don't question the old man, Sully. <laughs> right, they're, they're, this is a whole story on the 92-93 uh, season and – Everything that happened in it, and they awesome. Put, they put eighty nine on the Wikipedia, so don't trust. Okay, them. yeah, don't trust Wikipedia for sure. But uh, the Bruins come up with a four one victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I, I think that was a quality win. Yeah, they didn't just win; they won. Yes, and uh, they will host the St. Louis Blues, a team that's starting to find their stride tomorrow night at TD Garden. We'll have Mick Collagio on at the final segment of the second hour. But before that, we're going to talk some Patriots at four oh five with Bill Burt. Uh, ask him how the rest of his trip went. I uh, uh, urge you to check out the three-part series he did on Tom Brady and the Lawrence Eagle Tribune. We'll talk to him about that and the Patriots win. Uh, we'll bring in Cole Wright, like I said, of NFL Network. Are the Redskins for real? They look pretty real last night. That's some sick yes. offense they got yeah. going there, man. Kirk Cousins. I mean, Tom said it. He, he thinks he's he's... Said he's a franchise quarterback. He thinks that. I think he's starting to prove that too. Yeah, his play. There are points early in the yeah. season where even his teammates were questioning him. You yeah. know, publicly. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting. He had another one of those uh, those yelling moments last night. Did you uh, Did you hear this yet? No. Let me hear this. Let's get this. This is Kirk Cousins. This is Kirk Cousins. This is the the original. You probably remember this one. You okay. like that? You like that? He came into the locker room afterwards, yelling at the media because everyone questions him. Well. uh... GM last night on the field, they're celebrating, and he's in his GM's ear, and he's uh he's going at it a little bit. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? <laughs> yes. Wow. Kirk Cousins. Everybody. He, this is this is the second time. This is a repeat offender of yelling in his GM's ear. You like me? How you wow. like me now? Yeah. What's he got left on his contract? Uh, he he did one of those uh, bet on himself contracts, I think, and I think he signed a one year, so I think he's up at the end of this year. I think it's either Whoa. this year or next year. That's so, gonna be interesting. I wonder if they bring him back or that, if he wants exactly, to come back. Be- because the original thing was, oh, he's not a franchise quarterback. We don't know in this whole debate. So he signed this one year, betting on himself to play better, and he's going out and proving it. I mean, last Good night, for him. last night should show you yeah. that he can play. 
So, despite the fact he was going against the Swiss cheese, defense, yes, of course, Packers, he, he's going against the Packers. Yeah. But still, you know, you go out and you you perform. Hey, he and, delivered on Sunday Night Football, exactly. You know, so, under the lights. That'll be interesting to see because I, yeah. I'll look it up here because I think it is. I think he we'll signed one of those one year kind of in between contracts. Well, you know what? That NFC East just gets better and better every week. Uh, the Cowboys. I was surprised at that. Yeah. He ended up covering too. Yes, I had them. <laughs> we'll take that one. Yeah. yeah, I think I might have taken Baltimore. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, they, but yes, they look good again. Prescott continues to just perform, just do what he needs to do, take care of business. And the thing I love about Prescott is he doesn't force anything. He, he, I mean, he's not Tom Brady, but he reminds me of a young Tom Brady where you come in, you're game manager, and you make the plays you need to make. And mm-hmm. then if it's not there, you get rid of the ball and you live to fight another day. Yeah. And he's reminding me of a, a, a guy who knows how to control what he's dealing with here. He's got a situation. He takes what is in front of him. If it's not there, gets rid yep. of the ball and moves on. Yeah, and that was a tough mean, game. It's nice they were, when you have they were losing in that game yep. early. Remember? Yeah, it's nice when you have an offensive line that he has, and he has a running yeah. back behind him that can just. We're starting take up to five see yards. the uh, the cream rise to the top in the NFL. Yes. So we'll talk to Cole Wright of NFL Network about that in the middle segment of the second hour, and then we will bring on Mick Collagio, as I said, joining us. Uh, He'll talk some Bruins with us. And then in the final hour, Chris Forsberg, ESPN Boston. We're going to talk about the Celtics. Uh, as I told you, they would get annihilated by the Golden State and Warriors. They and they did. <laughs> uh, the Patriot in attendance at that game. Yeah. Healthy scratch Patriot. Yeah. It's a, Sherrod? There's, there's, a, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, that's some interesting stuff. They're, they're, everything I'm hearing is it's the same thing you were hearing about Jamie Collins. He's out of positions, not exactly I think there's some clicks going on in that locker room yes. right now. And that well that's and he's part it's, of it. It's a con and everything I'm hearing too, it's a contract click. It's guys that want to make money and they why would why would you act like this it, thing? And and you know but you know you're not they know they're not gonna get it in this Patriots defense. So if I'm another GM, do I wanna <laughs> yeah, so I want a dude that I make I'm a healthy a, scratch and then he goes out to sell so Bill is, Instagrams? So Bill is basically Bill is basically taking and saying shoving it up their butts and saying, you know what, you can either play or you, we're just gonna leave you home. We don't need wow. you. We'll leave you we'll leave you at home. You can sit on your couch and watch the game from home. Interesting stuff. Well, it didn't affect the team uh, this week, even though they were playing the 49ers, but still didn't affect them this week. Uh Anyhow, we'll get some Celtics talk, though, from Chris Forsberg, ESPN Boston, and then our man Gabriel Morenci will close things out with us as we look at the uh, the picks that were over the weekend, uh, NCAA football and NFL, and we'll look ahead to Monday night football against the Houston Mexico. Texans and the Oakland Raiders in Mexico. See how many reporters are kidnapped. It's probably not a joking thing, but whatever. Uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff, to say the least. The altitude, too. I, I just completely blew by that. Yeah. That, that's going to be a factor. Really, it is. That's going to be a huge you factor. I heard you guys talking about it in the crossover. That will be a factor, you know? Yep. So, I wonder when the teams went down there to start practicing to get accustomed to that's that. good question. I probably you would, would imagine you go would, a little earlier yeah, than usual, Earlier right? than usual. Yeah. Get accustomed. Why sit not? there, figure it out. Especially just playing in Mexico anyways. You know, you want to get there as soon as possible. You don't have to yep. deal with it. Figure it out, but... It'll be interesting to see tonight. Well, we got a jam-packed show. We're going to talk some uh, college football uh, with good old Coach Sean McDonald. 13 straight years in the playoffs for the UNH Wildcats. He was emotional about it. When I was was grabbing clips, the clip of them them getting selected, they had the whole room, and he was was a good shot of him. He was pretty emotional about it. Well, you know what? He's a great coach, and we are glad to have him every week on here. On the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. So stay with us, Coach Sean McDonald, in the next segment. And again, rest in peace, Sharon. No one man, oh.
Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. This is ESPN New Hampshire. senior um making the playoffs for the four the four first years that I was here um you know and then the senior class you know that we've been through everything with um you know we didn't want to go out and, and be the first team in 13 years not to make the playoffs so you know I think it's a, it's a testament to the the character of all the guys on the team the seniors um leading from the front everybody else following our lead and uh and playing unbelievably and just to you know get that win at Maine yesterday and then that was just an unbelievable uh, experience, you know, something we'll remember for the rest of our lives. So now we got to go get Lehigh. Yeah, um, as Coach Mack always says, you know, it's the next one. It's the biggest one. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to go back. We're going we're gonna to look at the film, correct our mistakes, you know, and, and get ready for the week. I, I don't even have words. Um, it was just, it, it, it was the most hard-fought victory I've ever been a part of. It, it was really the, the biggest team effort I've ever been a part of. I, I couldn't be more grateful for the 95 guys around me. We'll take it one step at a time. Other than that, do do our job. That's all. Great job, guys. Stay the course. Stay the course. Rally from a tough situation last week to where we are today. Unbelievable. Proud of the way you guys did it. Proud of the way you guys did it. Now we live for one more day. You know, the most important one's the next one. We can live that dream. We got a whole one. We got to just be smart and play the game where we're supposed to play. So next is the big guy. And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Justin Sullivan working the boards, doing a great job as always. And we will hope, excuse me, hopefully be joined by head coach Sean McDonald of the UNH Wildcats football program. And a heck of a program it is. Headed to the playoffs for the 13th straight time. I mean... That is something. It shouldn't go underreported. It shouldn't go underappreciated. 13 straight times. That's Patriots-like. That's Patriots-like, folks. And uh, the UNH Wildcats, current players and players past in the program, and, of course, Coach Sean McDonald should be very proud of that. And congratulations to them. They will host Lehigh at Wildcat Stadium at 2 p.m. in Durham on the campus at University of New Hampshire. And uh, that's going to be great. And uh, it helped that they got a 24-21 thrilling win against rival Maine this past Saturday. Uh, And then they got an at-large bid to the 24-team football championship subdivision tournament. And uh, I believe we're the... uh, Let's check it out. I was looking earlier. I think the finals are in Frisco, Texas. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's what I read earlier. Uh, so the championship is down in Frisco, Texas, but they get a ways to go before they get there. And right now they are f- focused on Lehigh. And we will talk to Coach Sean McDonald hopefully soon about that. He might still be celebrating. Might have lost his voice after that amazing speech at the end. Who knows? Who knows? And, of course, they kept the, uh, the musket for another year, another win over Maine. They basically own Maine, man. They can basically say, who's your daddy to Maine, to the Black Bears? UNH can, can do the old, who's your daddy to Maine. And that's what the fans should do next year when they play that game. Uh, UNH comes away victorious again. While we're waiting on Coach McDonald, a uh, heck of a week in college football, man. Uh, you know, 
Gabe, I think he got like one game wrong. That's it. We're going to talk to him later in the show, but I think he had one game wrong. Was it the uh, Clemson Wake Forest? That one? Yep. Yeah. He had taken the, he said, take the 23 and a half, uh, but it didn't uh, happen. It ended up uh, Clemson won by way more than that. Uh, but Gabe did a good job there. But some scares. I mean, uh, Michigan almost lost to Indiana. And that would have been two losses in a row for the Michigan Wolverines. I, I don't know what would happen to the the college football playoff standings, but uh, I mean, <laughs> now we know what's going to happen. Though it's Ohio State and Michigan, and that's going to be a big one. The Big Ten Championship uh, will take place. Well, it, it's essentially the Big Ten Championship, right? Uh, and that is the game. That's going to be one heck of a game between the Wolverines and the Buckeyes on Saturday. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of rivalries going on this week, just like we saw with New Hampshire and Maine. And uh, okay, so we're gonna uh, we got coach at three forty, maybe we're gonna figure that out. Okay, so we'll figure that out, Justin. That's no problem. Tell him to call back. That's fine. There we go. We're flexible here in the stretch run, especially for Coach McDonald. After a big win, and uh, with him headed to the playoffs, we can be flexible. No problem. So we'll be joined by Coach in about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, let's see if we can uh, track down Dave Haley then and talk some high school football. A little flipperoo. Give Dave a call. You need his number, bud? Okay, my man. So let's look at the, uh, the college football scores from the weekend. And uh, I'll tell you, like I said, Michigan had another scare there. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that. I, I've been high on Michigan for a while here. Um, I've been high on Michigan for a while here. And that's uh, it's a, little, a little scary to me. That's, yeah. That's a little too close for my cover. Starting to show some uh, chinks in the armor there uh, are the Michigan Wolverines. And it's going to be interesting to see how they react to uh, that scared to Indiana, and now they got to go up against Ohio State. Um, but we shall see with that. Um, Boise State won. We spoke about that on Friday with uh, Gabe, uh, that he was, looking at, he was looking at UNLV covering, which they did, but Boise would win. So he nailed that one as, as well. Uh, Alabama won 31-3, but that was a tight game in halftime as well. They didn't obviously take Chattanooga. He's not even a D1A uh, team too seriously. Um, USC is a team to watch right now. They are the hottest team in the Pac-12 for sure. Uh, they blow out UCLA in their rivalry game there. Uh, they're a team to keep an eye on. I don't know if they can make it into the, um, the college football playoff just because you know two teams likely coming from the Big Ten. It's probably going to be uh, Michigan or Ohio State. Uh, but the team that our next guest, uh, Dave Haley of New Hampshire Sports Page, and myself uh, love so much is eliminated from bowl contention. And you know what? Maybe it's what the doctor ordered. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. It's time to say goodbye to Brian Kelly. Hmm. Uh, Dave Haley, how are you doing, my friend? It's like shooting that cow that's been sick for months. It's time to get rid yeah. of that misery. Yeah, there's, there's no point. No point. It's in done. A bowl game for this it's game. over. And I'm not interested in going to the Carquest Bowl or whatever that, you know, 
the, the ones that BC used to win every year and their fans used to brag about. Remember yeah, they, Remember exactly. when BC won like five straight bowl games over like Western Michigan and Navy? You know, they were all bragging about it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pathetic what's happened there. And, you know, I saw that that collapse come in. I'm watching that game and everything's rolling around. It's it, rolling along. It's senior day and everyone's happy. And I'm like, they'll blow this. It's just the way the Seven. season's gone. You know, seven losses and each loss is by one score or, you know, or less. I mean, you know, by, you know, seven points or less. Every single win, every single loss, excuse me, is by it, seven points or less. It, so they haven't lost by double digits all year. and They've lost seven games. Yeah. And that to me tells me that that's a team that's just not playing for their coach. I mean, they're young, you know, they're yeah. young. But when you're when you're playing like that and you have the chance to win those games and you don't win seven of them, I, I just think that's. That's inexperience, I agree, but on the other hand, that's also, they're not listening. They're not buying in right now. And well, I follow he's lost on Twitter, him. Notre Dame, and Deshaun Kaiser, after the game, had his family on the field, mm-hmm. and they were taking a ton of pictures, and somebody tweeted, they said, this doesn't look like a guy who's coming back next year. No. <laughs> no. So it's yeah. uh, it's tough sledding over there. But you know what? Let's get on to some positive stuff. There were some great championship games in New Hampshire on Saturday. Our man Pete Terry amazingly had a voice today uh, after his marathon broadcasting. Good for him. And uh, let's start with the D1. Uh, Bedford goes wire to wire. huh? Tell us about that game. Yeah, defensive battle. I never thought this is going to excite the audience here, your audience. Uh, great punting. Back and forth in the first quarter, they had a lot of great punting. Kids kicking it, you know, 40 yards. Uh, but just really it was a game of field position, and Bedford's defense is just absolutely terrific. And, you know, Spencer Adams had a big game for those guys, and Canoni and, uh, you know, Derek Stanks really done a good job over at Bedford. And they went wire to wire. You know, they you know were four seconds away from losing to Merrimack, and there's a large contingent of Merrimack parents and fans that don't feel like, you know, Bedford should have been there. It should have been Merrimack, but it is what it is. And uh, all the credit in the world to to Derek Stank, who's a really good guy and a really good coach, and uh, he did a terrific job. Exeter just could kind of punch it. They, they could get it between the 30s, and move, they moved the ball pretty well. They weren't going three and out, but they just couldn't get anything going in the red zone and just didn't. You know, it's, it's tough when you're one-dimensional. I think, you know, when you get to those, you know, championship games, obviously Exeter and and Pankerton have won more titles than anybody the last 20 years, and they don't throw the football very much. But I do think it's a lot harder when, you know, you're only going to throw the ball three, four times the entire game. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to score. How much did the, uh, the chilly weather and the wind uh, play a role? There really wasn't much wind down there because um, – and it wasn't a bad day. I want to say it was like 49 degrees at the at latest, night? you know, when I left there at 8.30. So, oh, okay. Uh, it was a beautiful day. I mean, it was like 55 degrees. And when you're down there, that – that, um... No, hold on one second. Oh, no worries, my friend. All right, I got you. Sorry, my alarm's going off. Right, my alarm to call you just went off. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm prepared, Murph. So, um, when you're down there in the field with the buildings and the new press box, uh, you really, uh, you know, insulated from the wind. So, there really wasn't a factor at okay. all. And the weather was actually great. It was a great day over there. Yeah, they're lucky it wasn't today because today is uh, nippy for sure. Um, Low-scoring game, though, you mentioned that. I mean, is, did you expect that or did you expect a higher score in this game? No, I expected it. I didn't expect 7 nothing, but I, I would have guessed 21-14 or something in that neighborhood. So uh-huh. uh, Bedford was kind of about to punch one in at the very end, and they took a knee at the five-yard line. So they could have made it 14 nothing, but it was over. And 
Um, their first football championship, I think they had been to two championship games, one in Division One, and they lost the championship game to Portsmouth years ago. Uh, so really happy for that whole program. And um, they're a monster. A couple of years ago, uh, I think I was on a golf course, and somebody sort of approached me that recognized me from, from the website and you know, asked me my thoughts. And I, I remember saying, Pankerton and Bedford are the monsters you know, for the next 25 years in football. Uh-huh. You know, Exeter, of course, in there too. But Pankerton and Bedford, I mean, they got the numbers. They got the kids. They've got the, the resources. Uh, Bedford's not going anywhere for a long time. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Division Two championship. Plymouth was victorious, 27-24 to over Bo. Uh, talk to us about that game. Unbelievable, unbelievable game. And, uh, you know, Plymouth scored with 16 seconds left. Garrett Maycumber, the leading rusher in Division Two, with the game-winning reception. And it was his – I asked him in our post-game interview on NA Sports page, uh, I said, how many catches do you have this season? He said, that was my first. Can you imagine that? I mean, right, you know, last play of the regular – you know, of, of, the, of the playoffs is – your first catch of the season. But uh, Bo was fantastic. They played terrific. Matt Harkins, their quarterback, had a really good game. Nate Alford, their tight end, was terrific. They played great. Yet they had Jack Corville had a huge game for Bo. And they were absolutely terrific. And they were heartbroken at the end. Uh, it's a really it was a shame to see anyone lose that game. But, boy, Plymouth, they beat the defending champ, St. Thomas, in the first round. They beat the, the, the favorite and the team that won two years ago. Wyndham in the semis, and then they beat Bo in the championship. So uh, what a run by Chris Sanborn and those guys. Uh, it was a terrific football game. Pete and I had a pretty good call for the game-winning touchdown uh, on our site. So it's, uh, awesome. it's getting a lot of views today uh, on the website. It was, it was a great game. Good start. And the only game that wasn't really close was the Division Three championship between Stevens and Interlakes, Moultonboro. Uh, Stevens coming away victorious 46-20. to uh, How were they able to pull away in that game? I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, I think it was 16 14 at halftime. Yeah. Um, so it was close at halftime. And then it, it was bizarre for me because I covered the game when they played in the regular season and Interlakes Moanboro beat them 52 to, I think it was 52 to 14 or 52 to 12. And, uh, and then to turn around, you know, I, I said to somebody, I said, have you ever seen one team blow out a team and then play them in the playoffs and get blown out, lose, but get blown out on the other side? It was, it was, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it, but Stevens really just peaked. They found some other gear. Parker Smith was unbelievable. Uh, Henry Bork, their quarterback, he's only a sophomore. He was terrific. And Richard Bell was a battling ram all day long. Um they were just terrific. The O'Brien brothers, Nick and Zach, were smashing people all over the place. Justin McIsaac was joking that he's going to try to get him in the WWE at some point. Um, if he's breaking <laughs> a chair over somebody's head in no time. But it was great. And that's uh, Paul Silva is their head coach, and he's been there a long time. He's very, very well-liked. He's very, very well-respected. So I was really happy for Paul. And unfortunately for the Interlace kids, they lost two years in a row at UNH, but uh, I think the biggest adjustment in that game had to be the jumbotron. I mean, these kids. I mean, the Division Three kids. We hear UNH is like going to the moon. You know, yeah. see that setting, and um, it was. It's just terrific. UNH does a ter- awesome job. The NHIAA really is great in how they put this together for these kids, and uh, you know, accolades all around. It was. It was a great day. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, listen. Great work this year at New Hampshire Sports Page and coming on our airwaves and the work you do with Pete, and we thank you for all your hard work, my friend. 
Anytime, Murph. Always good talking to you. Hopefully we'll have uh, more new- basketball. Notre Dame's 3-0 in basketball. All right, there we go, Focus man. So that. we have some positive stuff coming out of there South Bend to talk about later on in the year. Hey, listen, buddy, have a good one, my friend. You too, buddy. Take care. All right, Dave Haley of New Hampshire Sports Page joining us here. And like we said, we're going to get Coach Sean McDonald, UNH football, in the next segment here in the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. So stay with us. We'll be back. NHRadio.com for all the latest news, contests, apparel, podcasts, and more. I mean, as a senior, um, making the playoffs for the four the four first years that I was here, um, you know, and then the senior class, you know, that we've been through everything with, um, you know, we didn't want to go out and, and be the first team in 13 years not to make the playoffs, so... You know, I think it's a, it's a testament to the, the character of all the guys on the team, the seniors um, leading from the front, everybody else following our lead and, uh, and playing unbelievably, and just to, you know, get that win at Maine yesterday, and then that was just an unbelievable uh, experience, you know, something we'll remember for the rest of our lives, so now we got to go get Lehigh. Um, as Coach Mack always says, you know, it's the next one, it's the biggest one, so, you know, we're going we're gonna to go back, we're going we're gonna to look at the film, correct our mistakes, you know, and, and get ready for the week. I, I don't even have words. Um, it was just, it, it was the most hard-fought victory I've ever been a part of. It, it was really the, the biggest team effort I've ever been a part of, and I, I couldn't be more grateful for the 95 guys around me. We'll take it one step at a time. Other than that, do, do our job, that's all. Great job, guys. Stay the course. Stay the course. Rally from a tough situation last week to where we are today. Unbelievable. Proud of the way you guys did it. Proud of the way you guys did it. Now we live for one more day. And welcome back to the stretcher on here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, and that was the voice of UNH Wildcats football coach Sean McDonald and his Wildcats after a 24-21 victory over UMaine up in Alphonse Stadium in Orono, Maine are headed back to the playoffs for a 13th straight time. And Coach McDonald joining me now. Coach, congratulations. Thanks a lot, Murph. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, but you must be doing a little better. It's got to feel good, especially after the way things went the week before. Uh, to have your team bounce back with a gut, gutsy victory like that had a really, you know, I heard your speech there at the end, had to really impress you. Yeah, kids, yeah, you know, I love my kids. And uh love the way they play and the way they compete in them. About a week ago at this time, we were about as low as we could get in a lot of different ways, and we found a way to come back. Uh, had a great week of practice, went up there, got got knocked off their back a little bit early in the game, and then fought back and then won at the end. So credit to them in an unbelievable situation for them. And just uh, let's talk about it right now, and I, I know you probably don't want to hear any accolades or anything, but it is quite a feat, 13 straight years, and uh, obviously so many senior classes have been in it in the playoffs every year of their college football career. What is that like uh, for you? When you when you get that call yesterday or and you know that you're going back there, what's that feeling like? Well, you know, it's a feeling that, that, that that's hard to describe to people because they always have the nervous feeling about 
having the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you sit there and you're not, you know, you're wondering, you know, is this not going to be the year, this not going to be the year. But you're also deep inside looking and seeing that when it happens, you know, you, you saw, you heard what everybody did and, and how they reacted. It's mm-hmm. just one of, the, one of the best feelings you can have in sport as a competitor to know that you got another opportunity to live another day. And just uh, looking ahead right now, I mean, it, it's never too soon, right? You're going, you're going to get Lehigh at home. How nice is it to have that first playoff game on home turf? Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's great to have it on home turf. To be honest with you, you know, there's probably no better situation for us. But at the same time, as I told him, I don't care if we were playing a parking lot uh, in Hartford, <laughs> Connecticut. You know, we'd go play. And uh, that's the kind of attitude you got to take in the playoffs, just get you another opportunity to play next. You know, some some guy – asked me about the next round already, and I was like, I don't care about that thing. I don't care where we're going next round, what we're doing. I care about what we're doing this round, right. and we got to go get it. You know? So that's what the big thing is. You know, one of the things that's been great about your team, I, I've just noticed uh, from talking to you every week, it seems like each week we're talking about an injury, and it's next man up. And, again, you had that happen this, year, this week with uh, senior captain Adam Reese coming in for Trevor Knight, and he gets the job done. Just talk about his determination and ability to come in there in a tough situation. Well, it's just a credit to the kid. You know, uh, he's worked as hard as anybody in this program uh, over the last four years to improve himself physically and mentally in this program. You know, last January, you just saw him take a different step in the leadership role in this football program as a senior and a senior quarterback and the heir apparent. And to work from January to August and then the week before the first game or 12 days before the first game to be told that he's going to be the number two quarterback and then react in probably one of the best ways that a kid could react by holding his head up high, knowing there'd be another opportunity for him somewhere along the line, and com- competing, and more importantly, preparing every day like he's the number one quarterback. So you sit there and you watch this from a young guy, and you know, as I told him, told him at halftime, we're walking out, and he was, you know, he, he was pumped back up a little bit. I said, "Look at 30 years from now, man. 30 years from now, me and you are going to be talking someday, and it's going to be unbelievable for you to go, Coach. How about the main game when I brought us back?" Did it, so <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Any updates uh, right now on Trevor Knight? Um, he's doing okay. Foot's in a boot still. He's got a, a bad turf toe and a foot sprain. Um, we're hoping, we're hoping that we can get him at least for backup duty this week. All right. And then uh, Dalton Crossing, who himself uh, has had some injury issues uh, with concussions, uh, he had a huge game this week. Talk about his play. Well, if you had seen the first quarter of the of the Albany game, the way he was playing. You know, he, he had had a rested body for two weeks leading up to that game. He was a step faster than everybody on the field, hitting his hits, making his cuts, and going, playing as well as he been playing. He gets hurt, and, and, and he got whacked. He got knocked and, you know, had to sit him for the rest of the game. After the game, I saw him. He just looked. He said, I'm playing against main coach. I said, well, we'll see how it goes. Let's take care. He goes, no, I'm playing. <laughs> so he was determined and then watched him practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday without any contact flying around. I said, I just hope he gets the thing. He passed the, uh, passed the test on Wednesday, and, you know, then enough being said, he got through it okay. He went up there. He played like an all-conference football player and the best running back on the field uh, on Saturday, making people miss, running by people, running people over, catching the ball, just really happy they got an opportunity to finish uh, a season the way he did. And, you know, Coach, just going back to what how we opened the segment there, and I was talking about, you know, the week you had and the emotional letdown that – that previous game was, and then to have such a high here. Um, it must be reassuring for you to see how this team can handle those highs and lows emotionally 
and, and especially now going into a playoff game. Look, you had a great dramatic win there. You sat around as a team. You got into the tournament yesterday. You got the call to make it in. But you you, you seem to have a, a good confidence in this team when it comes to staying even keeled and moving on from those emotional highs and lows, huh? Well, the one thing I've always appreciated about the kids in this program is they, they, they heed to, to the warnings. They listen to the, to the talks. And they understand the task at hand. And, you know, um, everything that we talked about last week, about responding, uh, getting up off the canvas, whatever you want to call it, and then listen to the seniors talk about somewhere, some way there's going to be adversity on Saturday, how to react to it. And one of the kids that talked about the most was Adam Wright-Reese. To watch it happen and come to fruition, to watch those kids respect and, re- and respond that way was really pretty cool to see. As a coach, more importantly, as a teacher, you know, you, you, they're, they're, they're learning what you're talking to them about. The seniors, though, were, were the guys. And the upperclassmen were the guys. They brought the underclassmen along, got them to prepare well and do everything they needed to do. And speaking of teaching and, uh, and seeing these players, uh, you know, take what you apply to them and apply it on the field there, uh, a former player of yours is uh, a champion right now, uh, Bedford coach Derek Stank, huh? Yeah, uh, really happy for Derek. I, 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 I am so proud of what he's done as an assistant coach up there, you know, not only coaching, teaching, but coaching, teaching track and field up there as well, and then taking over the reins and staying the course and getting an opportunity. And, you know, it's, it's really fun to, 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 to see a kid who learned from you, but more importantly, watch him put the lessons that he learned in and improve it. He, he's got those kids playing there. We saw them coming into the locker room after the game, and, um, you know, just so proud of him. Uh, David Bailey, another guy who's an assistant coach there, played for me. You know, when kids go go out, it's like your own kids doing it. You know, you're very, very proud of them. Stank was one of our best. That's great. And do you remember, I mean, do you remember when you first started coaching? Yeah, I remember exactly. Where when was it? Coach. West High, uh, no, excuse me, Memorial High School with Ken Shackett, Bobby Cameron. And I was a volunteer coach uh, for uh, the Memorial uh, Crusaders. Uh, I coached for six weeks over there as an assistant coach. Awesome. And now look at where you are, 13 straight years in the playoffs. Coach, uh, congratulations to you and to your team, the Wildcats. We wish you the best of luck, and uh, here's to talking about a win next week. Let's hope we're talking, okay? All right, my friend. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, Murph. Have a great day. Bye. All right, that is UNH head coach Sean McDonald joining us here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire, and we'll be talking. They're going to take care of Lehigh. I got a feeling for them. You'll be at that game, Sully. Sully's going to attend the game and support the Wildcats. Yeah, I'll be there. Me and my buddies, will we'll make our way up there. They'll be home for vacation, so it's easy for us to go up there, come back for the holiday stroll, and do the whole thing. So we'll be there. Nice. There we go. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Thanksgiving weekend, shortened week. By the way, that reminds yes. me, some programming announcements for the stretch run in ESPN New Hampshire here. Uh, on Wednesday, we will uh, be off at 5.30, not 6.00. Uh, 5.30, and that is to give you the uh, the pregame for the Turkey Night Games uh, that will be broadcast yeah, yeah. here. And what's the, what's the game again? I haven't seen a schedule there. Uh, it's at 6 o'clock, uh-huh. south versus north. Okay. It's a big deal. It's awesome. 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 So that will be broadcast right here in ESPN New Hampshire. And then, of course, Thursday, we're off the air as well uh, for Thanksgiving, obviously, on Thursday. And then on Black Friday, we'll be off the air as well. So a shortened week here. Uh, for the stretch run in ESPN New Hampshire, but there's still going to be plenty of sports on here, so always tune in, whether it be on AM on uh, 900 or 1250, or it be on the TuneIn app, you can hear us there as well. The stretch run will be back with Bill Burt from the Lawrence Eagle Tribune here on ESPN New Hampshire.